Today's scripture reading comes from the book of Luke, chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Let's all rise for the reading of the word. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. And he was going into a village. Ten men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go, show yourselves to the priests. And they went. They were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back. Praise God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except the foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. This is the word of God. Hello, everybody. It's good to see you, and very happy that so many of you made it today. Um, many of you have made it from far away as well, and it must have not been easy to dig yourselves out of all that snow. I remember one year it snowed so much that they didn't plow the street my house is on, and then we had to go to a youth retreat. And so I think it was Deacon Ho Young, right? Ho Young, you came over with someone else's SUV and came and picked me up all the way from Jersey. I was living in Queens at the time. And so we have a lot of memorable snow events here at Pilgrim too. Um, We shouldn't be surprised that the services are up in a Korean church even though it snowed. Uh, Many of us are Korean. I remember one time I had a fever and then I said to my mom, Mom, this is when I was in I think middle school said, Mom, I have a fever. I can't go to school. And then so she came into my room, and then she felt my head, and then she felt my neck. And she said, you're right, you have a fever. But you should still go to school. So that day I went to school. Um, and so it's, it's really a joy, though, when we get together and then we can have worship together. If you don't know already, uh, we are in a worship series where in the first week we talked about Worship And worship was a humble submission to God's will. And then last week we talked about praise. And praise is consecrating yourself. It means to give yourself wholeheartedly to God. And today in our worship series we talk about thanks. And it's important that we kind of go through this whole worship, this idea of worship and what it means and what it entails, what it encompasses. Because worship... It's like a ship, in a sense. A ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what a ship is built for. I read that somewhere. And I believe worship does, however, it launches us out into the open. It launches us out into a place where we were not before. 
So when we do have genuine worship before the Lord, God brings us closer to him. God brings us to a place we weren't before. And that's why we seek genuine worship, not only in response, but in response to what he has done for us, also it leads us into an action. And today we want to focus on thanksgiving. So why should we be thankful? Who should we be thankful to? And what does that mean for us are the three things I'll be going over. Why should we be thankful? Who should we be thankful to? And what does that mean for us? In leprosy, back in the New Testament days, in the Old Testament days, it covered a broad range of skin diseases. Um, when I was in college, I slept on a floor once of my apartment. And it was carpeted like this, but I don't think the landlords ever cleaned it. So I remember waking up, because I was really tired, I was in college, uh, but I remember waking up, I had a rash all over, and I never had this before. So I, I went to the doctor, and the doctor prescribed me some steroids, and I got big. No, um, it, w- it wasn't anabolic steroids, obviously. It was um, the other kind. It was the corticosteroids. But... I remember going through this, and then after a while, it reminded me of what my mom must have went through when, she, when her kidneys were failing, and she was saying you know, she was itchy all over, but it wasn't a rash. It was almost like on the inside. But I remember that, and it was almost unbearable for me, but it was just the ectoderm. It was just on the outside. And then I remember being healed from that because of the medicine I took. I was, I was fine. And I was very thankful. I was thankful that I was able to do my day-to-day. But even with just a simple rash, I couldn't do it. So back in the Old Testament and the New Testament days, when someone had a skin disease, it would be classified as leprosy. And if you had leprosy, it could have been contagious. It might not, but people thought it was contagious. And you would have to cry out that, I am unclean. So I would go around saying, unclean, unclean. So a lot of lepers kind of just stuck together. They had their own community. And they would cry out, unclean. And so here in this story, we see that ten lepers who are crying out, unclean, finally meet Jesus and ask Jesus, Jesus, please, Master, heal us. Have pity on us. You know, what does it take for someone that is sick, someone that is poor, someone that is on the outskirts or marginalized in society, what does it take for us to take notice? Do they have to cry out, Master, have pity on us? And here we see that these men, they cried out, have pity on us. And Jesus turned to them, and said, go show yourself to the, uh, to the priests. And we know that all ten were cleansed. That, one, that much we do know, but only one came back. And then even Jesus had to ask, we're not all ten cleansed. How come only one came back? Why should we be thankful? I think we should have literally a list of things that we can have that we can be thankful for. In fact, if we said, Turn right now to your neighbor. Think of three things you should be thankful for. I think you could have three things in an instant. We have so many things that we could be thankful for. 
it's not inherently a Christian idea. And we just know that if you are thankful, things start to change in your life. All these um, inspirational speakers that you can listen to that aren't even, like I said, you don't even have to be Christian. They will tell you that being thankful is key in your life and it will change things around. Being thankful and not being thankful are totally two different worlds. And if you are thankful, something changes within. You start developing characteristics in your life that you never thought you could have. So even as I was shoveling snow and I was preparing for the sermon, I had to ask myself, am I thankful that I get to shovel this snow? And honestly, my instinctive reaction when I got out, put on my boots, put on my coat, got the shovel. And then my, my aunts had gotten uh, me um, an electric snowblower. Never had that before. So I was really excited. It took me like 20 minutes to put that together. And it was a, a electric, uh, the plug-in one. So I plugged it on the wall, had a nice long extension cord, I pressed the, the button and then to pull back the lever to get it started. And I think it started for about 0.5 seconds and then it shut down. And it was broken. I was like, oh man. So I needed to shovel with, you know, with a shovel like everybody else, you know. But my immediate reaction wasn't Thanksgiving. It was complaining. And I wanted to complain. It's like, why did my aunts give me a piece of crap? And just to get my hopes up, is this some kind of cruel joke? Because I make fun of them every holiday season. But is it that? And of course it wasn't. Um, Our immediate reaction might not be Thanksgiving. But here in the Bible, all throughout the Bible, not just this passage talks about giving thanks to God. We need to remember to give thanks. We need to be thankful. And when we are thankful, we see things that we might not have seen before. Because there were many reasons we might not have been thankful for. Maybe Jesus did heal all ten. I mean, he did heal all ten, but maybe the other nine thought, I need to find out if it's real. I need to run more tests. I need to see if this is going to last because, you know, when I was younger, I had something like this. It kind of went away, but then it came back. Maybe I'll see Jesus later. Maybe I never had leprosy. Maybe it would have gotten okay on its own. Maybe it wasn't Jesus. Maybe it was the priests. Maybe it's all about the priests. Maybe any rabbi could have really done it. Well... It was already getting a little better, and so maybe he just sped up the process. No big deal. Here, Jesus replies to the one that comes back to him, and he says, rise and go, your faith has made you well. And if you look at the Greek word sozo, well, it means more than just well. It means complete. It means whole. And there is an idea here that we have to grab, that being thankful, that being thankful leads us to a wholeness. It's a completion of the process. We can receive the good things from God. We can receive healing. We can receive provision. We can receive answers to prayers. But being thankful completes the picture. 
It completes the process. It's part of worship that we cannot ignore. Being thankful is key here, and Jesus says it. Your faith has made you well. What he did in completion. Why did he have to say, if it's just health? He didn't have to say, your faith has made you well. He didn't have to say anything at all. He said, good job. Good job coming back to me. You're a good guy. He didn't say that. He said, your faith has made you well. It is a completion of the worship process. And we shouldn't be just thankful for thankfulness's sake. We should be thankful for the source. It's important because other sources run out. And other sources are deceitful. Not everybody's always complaining. Some people are actually thankful. But there still is a difference between people who are thankful for just anything and people who are thankful for the source. And the source needs to be God. The Israelites also, they had a complaining spirit. We're doing this 90-day Bible reading, so a bunch of you, we know we're reading this. The Israelites are always complaining. But there is a time when they're not complaining and they're still wrong. What they did was they built up other idols. They built up calves. They built up other images. And they said, this, Israelites, is the gods that took you out of Egypt. And so they started worshiping that thing. They started worshiping the idol. The source is important because other sources run out. Other sources are deceitful. In the end, no matter what... The ultimate source has to be everlasting, has to be ever-giving, has to be ever-powerful, has to be ever-loving. That needs to be our source because we yearn for that kind of source. I visited my grandma the, uh, the past week, and she's 94 now, and then she's in a nursing home, and so, you know, we all take turns visiting her, so everybody's... At least one person's visiting her on a, on a daily basis, I suppose. She has someone. And I remember visiting her for the New Year's and giving uh, the New Year's greeting. And then I remember just growing up with her. She would always be a prayer warrior to me. She taught me how to pray. Um, and so I remember all these things visiting my grandma. So I visited her and said, hi, money. I'm here, your, your grandson is here, and all these things already happened. I'm a pastor, I'm all these things, and I, I told her, and then she looked at me, because her prayer was always for me to be a pastor, but she looked at me, she said, oh, that's good. And she just nodded her head, and then she kind of drifted off, and she started like doing this with her hands. And then I asked my dad, what is she doing? And then she, he said, oh, she's probably conducting. She was never a conductor, but she was just kind of, in her head there was music. But that made me start to think. You know, it's not just when you get older. But even now, at your age, doesn't matter what age, there is something in your spirits that you want to do. There's something in your spirit you want to fly. You want to excel. You want to succeed. You want to do all these things. But you can't. You can't. I imagined my grandma just wanting to do all these things, but her body is keeping her from doing it. And I realized the older you get, that limit becomes more and more vivid. But even now at our age, even if you're not 94, you should realize your body, 
is on a downhill. You want to do all these things, don't you? But there is a limit. And that's why we inherently, we want a source that is everlasting, ever-giving, ever-loving, ever-powerful. And so the Samaritan knew to come back and thank the source, to thank Jesus. And by thanking Jesus, what is happening is that we are trusting the Lord now with all of our hearts. We're leaning not on our own understanding. In all our ways, we are acknowledging him, and he is the one that's making our path straight. Straight to him, straight to eternal life, straight to God. What does that mean for us? It means that once we realize why we should be thankful and who we should be thankful for, to, excuse me, it leads us to a change in our spirit. It does. When you look at all the people that have been touched by Christ, their lives are changed. And there's one story that I'll never forget. It's the simplest of stories. It's when a man was converted inside his car, listening to Christian radio. And the first thing that he did was just jump out of the car, take all the cash in his pocket, and give it to the the panhandler that was on the street. That's the first instinctive reaction he had. Once he received Jesus Christ, the first instinct that he had was to give what he had to someone else. Don't you realize, once you see that you have been given everything, what would God hold from you if he didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us, would he not graciously give us all things? And so our response is also to give what we have to our neighbors so they don't have to get to the point of saying, Master, have pity on us. But don't you see, we already have so many that are already at that point. There was once a farmer who grew award-winning corn. Each year he entered his corn in the state fair where it won first prize. One year a newspaper reporter interviewed him and learned the farmer's strategy for growing winning corn. And what was it? Simply this, the farmer shared his seed corn with his neighbors. The reporter asked, he was baffled, the reporter asked, How can you afford to share your best seed corn with your neighbors when they are entering corn in competition with yours each year? Why, the farmer said, don't you know, the wind picks up the pollen from the ripening corn and swirls it from field to field. If my neighbors grow inferior corn, cross-pollination will steadily degrade the quality of my corn. If I am to grow good corn... I must help my neighbors grow good corn. There's a lesson. If we are to grow good corn, we must help our neighbors grow good corn. Once we realize that God has given us so much, he has blessed us with so much, our response in worship is to be generous. Our response through worship 
is to be generous to our neighbors. People that thank God know how to be generous to their neighbors. There are ways we can exercise this with the church. We have um, Hannah Mission, which is right after service today. And we can visit Patterson. And we have a homeless ministry there. Every second Sunday of the month, we visit Bergen Regional, where we just spend time with the elderly there. And even if it's not through church ministry, you can do it with your family. You can do it on your own. You can do it through prayer and even getting a group together. There's so much need out there. But remember, our heart and the way we do it is through thanksgiving. It's because we have so much to be thankful for. We can be generous. I think it eventually boils down to this. As we worship God, we have said worshiping God is connecting with God. And as we connect to God, we see and we start to develop characteristics that are God-like. And once we become like God, we see that God didn't hold himself back from us. In fact, he gave everything to us. He didn't hold one ounce from us. He poured it all out. He laid it all out for us. And there is nothing that he held back from us. And if we are to follow Christ, and we are to humbly follow in his footsteps, we too must also lay it all all out there. And we have to learn how to be generous. In Old English, generous and nobility were the same words. And I think we had a sermon on that before. To be noble is to be generous. And I'm not just saying this so that we prop up our own ministries and more people go. There will be more and more opportunities as time goes on. And even next week I, had, I invited Pastor Richard who was our speaker for our winter retreat come. And he's going to share about the ministry that he's part of. And if you do have small children, I'm going to put this as a disclaimer. His, uh, his ministry is International Justice Ministries and it has a lot to do with freeing people in the sex uh, slave world, the sex trafficking world. So if you do have small children, you might want to either let them know about what that is. Uh, there will be counseling after if you do decide to have children attend the service by Pastor Esther. But um, <clears throat> otherwise, we do have children's ministries that you can attend or send your children. But you can also talk to them. This is a real problem in the world today that we are facing Um, in our neighborhoods. And I I did some research too. People are saying, you'd be surprised. You go to a mall, you wouldn't think this happens, but it's happening in malls across the United States. It's right under our noses. And so there's a lot of work for us to do as a church. We can't just leave it to other people. This is the call that we have had and that we have to um, respond to. Let's take this time to pray. And let's remember first the good things God has done for us in our lives, in our church, in your lives, in your family. How has God blessed you? And let's respond with a heart of thanksgiving, with a heart of gratitude.
And as we give thanks to God and respond to him in worship, let's also ask God to convict our hearts to see how we can respond through generosity. How can we respond in our society, in our community, through our church, through the other available resources that are out there? And so let's take this time to offer up our hearts to the Lord and our prayers to the Lord. Let's pray.